We live in a world of distraction. Richard Foster, author of the book Celebration of Discipline, wrote, In contemporary society, our adversary majors in three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. All these things compete for our attention, making it really difficult to focus our attention on the people God has put in our path. The result? Our family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, acquaintances are often overlooked or worse, intentionally avoided. So what do we do? How do we swim against this cultural current and get back to the place where we see people, really, really see people like Jesus? Well, welcome back to another episode of the Living Scent Podcast. You know, I am so thrilled that you are tuning in. Thank you, a huge thank you to those who have been listening to the podcast already. It's been really exciting to see some of the latest downloads and where they're coming from in the U.S. and even across the globe. I want to start off by saying if this content is valuable to you, it would mean the world to me if you would rate it and review this podcast. It really helps to spread the word. And if you think this would be beneficial to someone you know, please also share it. Share it on social media. Maybe you think it would help with the organization that you're a part of or the church that you attend. Bringing others into this conversation is really what this podcast is all about. And doing so would mean the world to me. So here's what I'd like to do today. At the end of the podcast, I'm going to offer a few questions for you to think on that will help continue the conversation from today. Speaking of questions, if you have any questions, please feel free to ask those questions on my website. Just go to justinwester.com, navigate to the Connect tab, and send it my way. Even if it's not a question, I would still love to hear from you and to get your feedback on this content. Also, if at the end you think you'd like to go over this podcast and the content with some other friends, maybe a few people at your church or someone you work with, I'm making my show notes available at my website as well. These show notes notes are completely free. Let me say that one more time. They are completely free. All you need to do to access them is to type in your name and your email. Just go to justinwester.com, navigate to the podcast tab, and you can access those notes from there. Okay, so let's get into the content for today. Today, we are talking about the very first habit within the Live Scent acronym. If you are new to the podcast and you are wondering what in the world is this living scent thing, I would highly, highly encourage you to go back and listen to episode one of this podcast, the very first one, where I share about this whole idea of living scent. But for those of you who have been listening for a few months, living scent, this is a quick refresher, living scent is made up of four missional habits. Here they are very quickly. Number one, see people like Jesus. Number two, eat with people like Jesus not to be confused with eat people. He never did that. It's eat with people like Jesus. Number three, neighbor people like Jesus. And number four, talk with them about Jesus. So today we're looking at the S, see people like Jesus. Why are we talking about this? Why is this the first habit of living like a missionary? And that is a great question. Three reasons. First, it is foundational. It is foundational. That is all the other habits depend upon it. Why? 
Because eating with people, neighboring people, talking with them about Jesus all depend on relationships with other people. And if we don't have relationships with other people, we aren't really living sent. That's the first reason. It's foundational. All the other habits build upon it. Here's number two. It's countercultural. It's countercultural. Our fast-paced culture can make people feel overlooked. It can make people feel forgotten or unimportant. And I'm sure every single person listening can recall a time when you were made to feel that way. And something as simple as making eye contact with the person you're speaking with, using someone's first name, uh, giving someone your undivided attention, all those things can really stand out in our culture today. That's the second reason why we're beginning here. It's countercultural. And here's the third. And I don't know of any other way to say this, but this first habit is really elusive. It's elusive, meaning it's difficult to nail down. There's always room for improvement, and no one I've ever met has this first habit licked. I've led LiveScent training uh, a number of times, and most people think they come into the training thinking and believing that this is the easiest habit. You know, you may believe that you see everyone as Jesus does. Yeah, that's me. I do that. But when you really start to dig into this, you find out some surprising things about yourself, things that reveal you may not, in fact, see everyone as Jesus does. So why is this the first habit? A quick recap. It's foundational. All the other habits depend on it. It's countercultural. People are craving this today. And number three, it's just elusive, meaning it takes a lot of work, a lot of soul work, I should say. Okay, so here we go. Let's look at the life of Jesus and look at how he saw people. Let's answer the question, how can we see people like Jesus in the busyness of life? Let's look at how he did it. Number one, Jesus saw people as individuals, not categories. Jesus saw people as individuals, not categories. One of the clearest places you see this is in John chapter 4. If you are not familiar with that passage, I'd invite you to stop this podcast and go read that entire chapter. Even if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, go to the Gospel of John, look it up in the table of contents, go to chapter 4 and read the whole thing. It will be well worth your time. But back to it, here is what he does. He intentionally breaks through distinct categories to get to the individual, to reach them with the good news of the kingdom of God. You see, Jews, good Jews in the first century, they didn't like Samaritans, and that's who this story really centers around. They didn't like them so much so that they would have intentionally avoided the region of Samaria if possible. But what does Jesus do in this passage? While journeying from Judea to Galilee, he travels through Samaria and he does it on purpose. And as the story continues, Jesus winds up alone with the woman, the woman at the well. And then he begins to speak to her. And this is the, uh, another major category that he crosses. The woman is shocked and she asks him why he is speaking with her. And then later on in the passage, when Jesus' own disciples show back up, they are floored that he is speaking with this woman when they get back from town. 
And then finally, Jesus engages this woman in meaningful conversation. He talks to her about her religious beliefs. He talks to her about her lifestyle. He, he even hints at some of her and gets at some of her hopes and dreams. He crosses these categories to get to the individual. And there is so, so much more I could say about this, but I'll put some questions at the end of this podcast that will help you think more on this. But that's the first thing. Jesus saw people as individuals, not categories. Here's the second one. Jesus saw people and sees people as worthy of his time and respect. Jesus sees people as worthy of his time and respect. On one occasion, Jesus returns from the region of Decapolis and is greeted by this massive crowd awaiting his return. And a man named Jairus falls at Jesus's feet and he explains that his daughter, his only daughter, is dying. Jairus was a local synagogue ruler and he was probably a prominent leader within the Jewish community. And Jesus immediately sets out toward Jairus's house and this large crowd begins to press in on him. And while he's on his way, an anonymous woman pushes through the crowd and she's attempting to touch just the edge of Jesus's clothing, believing that even, you know, the the briefest moment of contact with him could heal her of her disease. The first woman in this story, Jairus's daughter, is likely really well known in the community, while the second woman is anonymous. The first woman, Jairus's daughter, is experiencing this life-threatening situation, while the other is experiencing a non-emergency situation. Jesus had set out on a task to heal the first woman, but he was interrupted by the second. How does Jesus respond to these almost polar opposite requests? Again, if you aren't familiar with the story, go and read Luke 9, 40 through 56. It is amazing. The the woman reaches through the crowd. She touches Jesus, and he demands to know who it was that touched him. And after what seems like an eternity, this woman comes forward, and she confesses the whole thing in front of everybody. Imagine, though, imagine if you are Jairus, the dad in the story, and it's your little girl who is, you know, hanging on by a thread and Jesus is seemingly taking his sweet time (laughs) with some random lady in the crowd. And then he experiences probably his worst nightmare. You see, the story says that this report reaches Jairus and he tells Jairus that his daughter is dead. Now, spoiler alert, Jesus heals both of these women. But my point is this, Jesus sees everyone, hear me, Jesus sees everyone from the daughter of a prominent local leader to the anonymous woman in the crowd as worthy of his time and his respect. That is number two. Jesus sees people as worthy of his time and respect. Here's number three. Jesus sees people for who they are, not for what they have done. Let me say that again. Jesus sees people for who they are, not for what they have done. 
There are so many places that we could look in the scriptures, but I want to give you a few so you can look there on your own in your own time. Check out Matthew 9, 9 through 13, where Jesus has a meal with tax collectors and sinners during his day. He's hanging out with them, the local riffraff. He's eating with them. And he says the famous statement, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus sees people for who they are, not for what they've done. Check out Mark 5, 1 through, tw- 1 through 20, where Jesus encounters a man that the rest of the community had really given up on, a man possessed by a legion, an army of demons, a man so broken that he literally was unrecognizable. But Jesus sees him for who he is, an image bearer of God, broken, yes, but still an image bearer, and he restores his identity. Check out Luke 7, 36 through 50, where Jesus forgives and heals a known prostitute. Check out John 8, 1 through 11, where the religious elite catch a woman caught in the act of adultery, and they bring her to Jesus. They want her to be put to death for her sin, but Jesus forgives her. You see, the world says that you are defined by what you do. But Jesus sees deeper than that. He sees who you were made to be. And yes, you know, sin may have distorted that, but he defines you for who you really are, an image bearer of God. And that changes everything. So very quickly, three broad ways that Jesus sees people. Number one, Jesus sees people as individuals, not categories. Number two, Jesus sees every person as worthy of his time and respect. Number three, Jesus sees people for who they are, not for what they have done. So how can you do this? How can you see people like Jesus in the busyness of life? We will spend the rest of our time answering this question. Let me give you three things. Number one, put others first. Put others first. In Philippians 2, verses 4 through 5, it says this, Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. I think... Uh, Bottom line, you want to be like Jesus? You want to see people like Jesus? Put others first. Let me tell you a quick example about when I did not do this well. I remember on one occasion, uh, I was having a very busy, stressful week, and I was rude to my family, and I was getting ready for work one morning, and I was just kind of grumpy dad, and I got all my stuff together, and I was about to head out of the house, and you know, I was at the front door, and I gave my wife a hug and kiss, and I remember telling her, I said, Lindsay, I said, my goal today is going to be speed. And that was the last thing I said to her, and I got in the car and went to work. And when I came into the office, she shot me a a quick text and she said, hey, she said, "I, I know that you said your goal today was speed. She said, but let your goal today be people. I was about putting Justin first, me first. And I'll tell you, I needed that reminder to put others first. In the foreword to the book, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek, the retired Lieutenant General George Flynn of the Marine Corps wrote, when you are with the Marines gathering to eat, you will notice that the most junior are served first and the most senior are served last. 
He goes on to explain why. Because the true price of leadership is the willingness to place the needs of others above your own. This is exactly the kind of approach that Jesus embodied. He put others first. He served them and their interests above his own. Listen to this in Mark 10, 44 through 45. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You can see people like Jesus this week when you put others first. Here's the second thing you can do. Prioritize people work over paperwork. Let me say that one more time. Prioritize people work over paperwork. And this phrase comes from Hans Fensel, who wrote the top 10 mistakes leaders make. And Hans Fensel says that people are opportunities, not interruptions. Wouldn't that change your life if you began to see people like that as opportunities, not interruptions? You know, John Maxwell, in his book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, he tells this story about one of his executives named Dan. And a group of employees, they were hanging out in the office as Dan arrived. And he says, Dan came in, walked right past them without saying a word, entered his office, put his briefcase down, and he started getting settled for the day. And John Maxwell walked into Dan's office just completely shocked. And he said, Dan, how could you just walk past everyone and not say anything? Uh, You know, I've got a lot of work to do today, and I really want to get started, Dan said. John replied, Dan, those people are your work. Do you have time carved out in your schedule to interact with your coworkers? Do you have time carved out in your schedule to interact with and invest in your family and your friends? Do you even have the margin to begin asking those questions? I confess, I can get so sucked into what I'm doing that, you know, I get tunnel vision, I get so focused on the task at hand that I can literally miss what's going on around me. But if we do that, we will never see people like Jesus did. The second way you can see people like Jesus this week is to prioritize people work over paperwork. And here's the last one. Number three, I call it practicing the pause. You can practice the pause. In order to break out of a hurried pace, we need to practice the pause. That is intentionally setting aside time to simply pause look around and reflect. Let me give you some suggestions. Right when you wake up, don't check your phone. Practice the pause instead, and you may just take that time to pray, you know, asking God to help you see others like Jesus today. When you get to work, don't immediately rush into your office space. Practice the pause instead and take notes of who's around you. Make a point to ask one person some meaningful questions about maybe their previous evening or the weekend or their morning. When you get to the coffee shop, don't immediately pull out your laptop and plug in the earbuds. Instead, practice the pause. Take the first three to five minutes and just enjoy your cup of coffee. One of my all-time favorite memes speaks to how hurried we are as a culture and how strange it has become for people to just drink coffee. 
coffee at a coffee shop. It says this. It says, I saw a guy at Starbucks today. No iPhone, no tablet, no laptop. He just sat there drinking coffee like a psychopath. (laughs) I just, I love it. I love it. We need to practice the pause to notice what God is doing around us. That's the third way you can begin to see people like Jesus did this week in the busyness of life. I promised I'd give a few questions at the end of this podcast to keep you thinking about this. So here we go. Three questions as you continue to work on this first habit of seeing people like Jesus. Here's the first one. What categories do you have in your own life? What categories do you have in your life that keep you from seeing people the way Jesus would? You know, it could be a category of place. It could be a category of people. It could even be a category of persuasion or or of something else. But what categories do you have that keep you from truly seeing others the way Jesus does? Here's number two. When someone interrupts what you're doing, whether it's at home or at work or at the gym or somewhere else, do you see them as an interruption or an opportunity? This is Hans Fensel's test from his book, The Top 10 Mistakes Leaders Make, but it is such a good question. I'll put a link in the show notes to that book if you want to check it out. Do you view people as an interruption or an opportunity when they disrupt your workflow or whatever it is you're doing? Here's number three, the last one. Do you tend to define people based on who they are, i.e. their identity as an image bearer of God, or based on what they do or produce or contribute? I think if we're honest, our tendency is to do the latter, but I want to challenge you this week to speak to people as you would want to be spoken to. I bet if you had to think through that, you would want to be spoken to with patience, with grace, with encouragement. Well, that is all the time we have for today. If you found this podcast valuable, and I hope that you do, it would mean the world to me if you would rate it, review it, and share it with a friend. Just as a final reminder, the show notes are available for free at my website at justinwester.com. Again, just navigate to the podcast tab and download them there. I really do hope you put this information into practice this week and truly begin seeing people like Jesus. Remember, you don't have to live since you get to. We'll see you next time.